0: On this Sunday, Canada's intelligence and security. A meeting of the Five Eyes countries is happening in London and Canada has a new intelligence watchdog agency. We'll talk about all of that to Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale. Then he's brash, bold and bringing Brexit to the world. Boris Johnson takes the reins as Prime Minister of Britain. We'll get the view from over there and what it means back here and getting her just desserts. On our summer series, Hill Hobbies, M.P. Mona Fortier takes the cake. It's Sunday, July the 28th. I'm Eric Sorensen, and this is the West Block. There's a new watchdog in the nation's capital to shine a light into some of the most secretive places in government. The National Security and Intelligence Review Agency will oversee Canada's spy and intelligence operations. It will have wide powers, and intelligence innovation that Canada's public safety minister can discuss at the meeting of the Five Eyes Nations happening in London. Joining us now is the Minister of Public Safety, Ralph Goodale. Uh, A number of issues to talk to you about, uh, Mr. Goodale. First of all, this very weekend you are going to London uh, to meet with your Five Eyes counterparts there. Tell, uh, Tell us a little bit about your priorities.
1: Well, this, this is the uh, the regular uh, summer meeting of the Five Eyes allies. That's Canada, the U.S., the U.K., Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we meet regularly uh, to make sure that we are in close collaboration on dealing with the national security and intelligence issues that uh, affect all of us. Uh, cyber security is a growing concern around the world. Uh, and that will undoubtedly be a, a major topic of uh, of, of discussion uh, amongst all of the, uh, the Five Eyes allies, uh, as well as uh, the use of the Internet uh, and the, uh, the social harms that flow from the illegitimate and sometimes criminal uses of, uh, of, uh, of the Internet services and platforms. Uh, that would include uh, terrorist activity, for example, on the Internet, uh, violent extremism. It would include uh, uh, the exploitation of children, human trafficking, uh, and the use of the inter- Internet uh, for the very illegitimate interference in, uh, in the democracies of countries around the world. Those are some of the issues we'll be dealing with, uh, many others, but uh, uh, this is a, a really important forum where we can make sure we're all cooperating together to the maximum extent possible.
0: One of the things you can tell them and Canadians is about the National Security and Intelligence Review Agency that has been created. It took two years. It, uh, the legislation passed just under the wire, really just under the wire before our coming election. Uh, why was that essential?
1: This is a major overhaul of of Canada's national security and intelligence uh, architecture. Uh, We undertook to do this comprehensive review uh, during the last election. There were extensive consultations both internally and with Canadians externally. It was the most inclusive and extensive consultation on national security issues ever. That resulted in a major piece of legislation, Bill C-59, the National Security Act. Uh, which uh, b- creates the new national security and intelligence review agency. It's important uh, because this is the first time that we will have one national review agency that will have complete jurisdiction over all of the security and intelligence operations of the entire government. We have had siloed review agencies in the past, so we've taken away the silos, and this this new review agency, sometimes called a supercirc, will have complete authority to examine everything everywhere in the government of Canada relating to national security and intelligence. And it's been very widely heralded as a major innovation in transparency and accountability.
0: And and is part of the reason for uh, reassuring Canadians that you have transparency and accountability for something that can look everywhere. Uh, does that speak to why Murray Rankin, a new Democrat, was chosen as the chair?
1: That that is indeed part of the process here. Uh, we want to make sure that this agency has independence and, uh, and credibility, uh, that it's nonpartisan, uh, that it uh, acts always in the Canadian public interest and that Canadians can trust it. Uh, so, there are there are four members who used to serve on the former security and intelligence review committee that was looking exclusively at, uh, at CSIS. Uh, those four members still have some time left in their terms of office, and they will be continuing into the future. But the new review agency has seven members, not four. So we're adding three more, uh, including Murray Rankin, uh, a distinguished member of parliament. Uh, he's had experience in security matters in the past. He he has been a member of the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians. Uh, he is very well respected, uh, both in Parliament and, uh, and outside, and he will be the new chair. Uh, we've also appointed uh, a very distinguished professor from the University of, of uh, Ottawa, uh, Craig Forsays, who is acknowledged as one of the world's leading experts in uh, security law and the rights and freedoms of Canadians under that law. So it's going to be a very strong agency with very very important levels of credibility.
0: As we say, it's coming in just before the election. Is there anything that it could be up and running for to look at whether there is interference possibly happening in our election? We've heard Robert Mueller south of the border say that interference is happening there as we speak. Um, Any evidence of that here that they will have to look into?
1: We would be very naive to think that Canada is somehow exempt. Uh, from the kind of uh, foreign interference that we see uh, almost everywhere around the world. CSIS and uh, CSE and the other security agencies are watching very carefully. Uh, They have a mechanism in place to keep the political parties in Canada informed if there is a threat or a risk that they need to be aware of. And we have a formal procedure in place if there is a major event happening that is undermining, corroding, corrupting uh, our democratic processes uh, directed by foreign influences in, in uh, uh, capitals abroad with malicious intent uh, then there's a procedure in place for blowing the whistle on that and making that public if that should become necessary
0: I want to ask you about 5g This is the fifth generation of even faster wireless uh, technology uh, Huawei uh, 5g is banned in the US uh, New Zealand Australia Uh, You have a decision to make about 5G here. Uh, The the expectation was that it might be made by this spring. Why the delay and when will there be a decision?
1: Uh, We're we're taking this review process uh, very, very seriously. It's not about a particular company or a particular uh, uh, country. Uh, This is is a, a total examination of 5G technology from beginning to end uh, so that we totally understand uh, the science and the technology that's involved, the security issues that, uh, that arise, uh, and are making the right decisions to ensure that Canadians get all the advantage of this, of this fantastic new technology, but at the same time uh, that our security and public safety are properly protected. Uh, that review uh, started some months ago. It is going ahead meticulously. We are consulting carefully with our international allies, so we want to take all of that on board uh, and make sure that when we make the uh, decisions that are necessary for Canada, that uh, they are the right ones, not just the fast ones.
0: Uh, Ralph Goodale, thank you for talking to us today. Glad to talk to you, Eric. Coming up, let them eat cake on our Hill Hobbies. But first, what to make of Boris Johnson.
2: The doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong again. The people who bet against Britain are going to lose their shirts because we're going to restore trust in our democracy and we're going to fulfil the repeated promises of Parliament to the people and come out of the EU on October the 31st, no ifs or buts.
0: He is bold and brash. Boris Johnson is Britain's new Prime Minister. He represents change for the Conservative Party and for the British Parliament. He believes Brexit will happen with a new deal between the UK and the EU. So what does this mean for the UK and beyond? Joining us now from London is the former deputy chief executive of BBC News, Richard Ayer. Richard, thanks for joining us. Your new prime minister certainly exudes confidence. Uh, Does a new deal seem possible, as he says, by October 31st, or is he setting everyone up for a blame Europe hard exit?
2: No, no, Eric, nobody has ever doubted... uh... Uh, 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 Boris Johnson's self-confidence—he's—he's uh, he's full of it, and his uh, main pitch to the nation in the few days since he became prime minister has been that we should share that confidence in ourselves as a as a nation. If the uh, if the slogan hadn't been taken by somebody else already, I guess it would be "Make Britain Great Again." Uh, the problem is that for those who don't believe in uh, Boris Johnson, uh, they say that faith isn't enough that you have to have policies. And at the moment, uh, his only policy that we know of is that Britain will leave the EU by the 31st of October, whether or not it reaches a deal with the EU. How we should reach a deal, what that deal should say, is completely unknown to us, and the fear is that it might be unknown to him too.
0: In simple terms, I mean, Brexit speaks to creating a border between the EU and the UK, and yet the only land border that exists uh, is between Ireland and Northern Ireland, of all places. Speak to why that is such a hard hurdle to clear.
2: The problem is the EU have insisted that any withdrawal agreement between the UK and the EU must include what's called the backstop. In other words, an insurance policy which says that if After many months, maybe even years, of trying to reach a trade deal between the EU and the UK, if those talks fail to achieve a deal, which means there doesn't need to be a border, then the UK will have to remain within the EU Customs Union to enable the free movement of goods across the border. At the moment, there's a complete standoff. Boris Johnson has said very clearly in the last three days, there will be no agreement while the backstop continues to be part of it. And the EU have responded by saying the backstop absolutely has to be part of a withdrawal agreement. It's stalemate. Who knows what will happen?
0: Now, Canada is not a part of that at all. But Canada-UK trade could be affected by all of this. Uh, There was a trade deal pretty much finalized. But that now seems to be on hold. Is Brexit already having an effect on Canada-UK trade?
2: Not yet. But actually, the effect over the last two years has been positive for both uh, both sides because two years ago, the EU, including, of course, the UK, reached a deal with Canada for tariff-free or very low tariff trade between our two countries. The problem is that once we leave the European Union, uh, we will not be part of that uh, agreement which was re- reached between the EU and Canada. So the UK proposed that there should be a continuation of the agreement bilaterally between the UK and Canada. Sounds sensible. The two countries should continue to charge very low tariffs or no tariffs on one another's goods. That sounded great. But earlier this year, for fear that prices of all imported goods were going to rise when Britain leaves the EU, the British government announced that it would charge no tariffs on most goods arriving into this country from any country in the world. So the Canadians said, hang on, why should we grant special access to Canada's markets for the UK if the UK is throwing open its doors and welcoming all countries of the world to import into the UK without paying tariffs. So the potential deal between Britain and Canada is now on ice. It may be dead. If it isn't resurrected, then by the 31st of October, if Boris Johnson keeps his word and Britain leaves the EU, then Canada will be obliged under World Trade Organization rules to start charging significant tariffs on a whole range of UK goods, including food and drink. And that will inevitably push up prices for Canadian consumers and more to the point for us, it will hit British exports
0: I want to ask you about the relationship between say our Prime Minister and your new Prime Minister but first let me start with Boris Johnson and Donald Trump and the relationship between the UK and the US and what kind of an alliance of interests that could emerge from that.
2: Now, it's true, of course, that the two men have much in common. They both have this shock of blonde hair, much beloved of uh, cartoonists. They both like nothing more than addressing a huge audience and telling the audience whatever it is uh, they want to uh, hear. Uh, Both of them have had very colorful private lives and they both say things in public that they later regret and then deny having uh, said them and p- perhaps most fundamentally they they both share a uh, passing familiarity with the truth but there are very very serious differences between the two boris johnson is actually pretty bright guy. Intellectually, he runs rings around Donald Trump. Uh, Johnson speaks fluent French. He speaks fluent Italian. He speaks fluent, would you believe, Latin, uh, surprisingly often using it. Uh, Donald Trump's command of even English uh, uh, raises some uh, doubts. Um, they don't share a worldview. It's very unlikely that Boris Johnson is going to support America's approach to Iran, further trying to isolate Iran, Johnson shares the European view that you engage Iran with incentives and with uh, talk to try to uh, secure uh, 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 their, their nuclear plans. Um, so. Boris Johnson is at heart a liberal. Richard, we only have a few seconds and I just
0: want to get you just in Sorry. those few seconds to say whether you think that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau could be out of step with, uh, with Johnson and Trump because he is so unlike them.
2: No, I think actually uh, 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 Boris Johnson and Trudeau have much more in common than you might think. They're both clever, they're both bright, they're both basically liberal. Uh, 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 The very opposite of Donald Trump. I think Canadians have almost nothing to fear from an alliance uh, between Trump and Johnson. Nothing to fear at all. Richard Ayer, thank you very much for talking to us from London. You're welcome. Coming up, a
0: hill hobby where you can make your cake and eat it, too. Liberal MP Mona Fortier in this week's Hill Hobbies. Welcome back. Decorating birthday or wedding cakes would be high stress for some, but for Liberal MP Mona Fortier, it's a cakewalk on this week's Hill Hobbies. This is the Bread and Roses Bakery in the riding of Ottawa Vanier. And with us is the MP for Ottawa Vanier, Mona Fortier. And your Hill hobby is?
3: Decorating cakes. And it's a therapy too, because you have to think of beginning to the end from baking to decorating and offering this to someone that is either celebrating a wedding or a birthday or an anniversary. So it's a gift that I give to my friends and family.
0: And while this is a very big thing now, you were ahead of your time because you began way back.
3: Yeah, I was 16 years old working uh, at la Boulangerie d'Orléans, so the Orleans Bakery, and I learned how to make cakes and that's where I had the idea saying hey this could be really fun to do at home and then family friends started to get married and I said huh I'm gonna offer this as a gift
0: what's the reaction you get to the to your creations
3: Hmm, that's a the the um, saying oh that's exactly what I wanted really yeah because sometimes they have imagined it they well sometimes they say I want a bit of this in this Mm -hmm. book and then I want to add these flowers and so we do a little drawing, but it's not done until it's officially done.
0: So get us started then on what, what you do.
3: Today we have a marble cake. So I'm gonna level this. And this is the good part. We get a snack during the decorating because these are the extras. So if at some point you get hungry, you get to have some. Uh, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> and this is where I will be icing the is there cake. Any, anything
0: special in this icing? There's just a
3: lot of sugar and butter. Okay. It's just good for the soul, you know?
0: Here in uh, Ottawa, Vanier, we're in the east side of Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, for folks who may not know, this is the more francophone part of Ottawa, the more francophone part of the province of Ontario. Franco uh, relations and uh, uh, are, are things that are important to you. Yes,
3: they are. So I was born and raised as a Franco-Ontarian, Franco-Canadian. And I think it's something that everybody agrees on now, and making sure that uh, we all have a role to make sure Canada is strong and both official languages is a great asset for Canadians.
0: Has it, has it changed? Because I think if I go back to when I was a kid, there were the two languages predominantly in the country. Yeah. Now there are so many languages. So many. How does that change the perception of language importance in the uh, in the country.
3: Well, I still strongly believe we need to foster both official languages to respect other, all the other languages that we have uh, and hear uh, on the streets and the schools, and to make sure that um, we can build on that. So, if we have very strong official languages, I'm sure that we can bring the country much further. And we know also that we just had a um, law to support. Uh, First Nations, Inuit, mm. and uh, Métis languages. And hopefully that will also foster a great uh, opportunity for our country.
0: It'll be a, a great challenge for those languages yes. where the numbers are so small. So
3: small, yes.
0: Um, you're on the platform committee for yeah. the, the Liberal Party going into the election. What can you tell us about what you would want to see on your platform, besides cake?
3: <laughs> well, food policy will be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, as you know, uh, we uh, the last platform in 2015, uh, we won on that platform, and we've been building on it for the past uh, four years. Now we have to continue and continue to push for the middle class and. Many Canadians, uh, stakeholders and uh, different, uh, even caucus members, have shared and say we have to continue to push hard for economic opportunities, jobs. And I believe the platform work that uh, we are working on is going to bring the country to another level.
0: Uh, Have you found, though, that uh, in whatever platform you set out four years ago, that that the country is shifting in any way? Are there ways in which you think you'll have to fine-tune Uh, a new platform?
3: Uh, It's uh, something that always has to be fine-tuned. The environment has changed economically. Uh, Our neighbors from the south uh, have changed a lot. Uh, All in the world, everything is changing. So we have to have policies that will make where Canadians can foster opportunity and also have an opportunity to live better. And that's the challenge that we have. And we are working on that.
0: So when you're a teenager, this was a very big thing did, did a time come when you realized that maybe politics was going to take over cake decorating?
3: Pretty much at the same time. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I would get involved uh, in community uh, organization, and the bakery we were on, we were working at, had a lot of community um, different um, uh, you know dinners, and we would cater to them. So I'd go to meet and bring the cakes to the different community. That's where I realized I wanted to be around people, and. Uh, I now believe I'm doing the best job ever. And this is a hobby. We are going to decorate this. So this looks pretty raw right cool. now, right? This, this now, tastes right? good already. You, yeah? Way. You want more?
0: No, that's no, <laughs> not. Do you need your daughter to, uh, to help out with that? That would be fun. All right.
3: So I kind of have my little helper here.
0: Mm-hmm. Her
3: name is Isabel.
0: Hello, Isabel. Nice to see you.
3: So Isabel and I had an idea to make small like this. And we're going to put some all around with different colors.
0: What a great idea. Mm -hmm. This is lovely. What are you going to do with it? Eat
3: it. We're gonna eat it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that is the West Block for this week. I'm Eric Sorensen. This has been A Piece of Cake. Thanks for watching.